Ugly, Chapter 7, Two Apples for David. I wasn't one of those kids who worried about going to school on my first day. I'd been dispatched to the hospital, admitted overnight, and then stayed there for months, brought home for weekend visits, placed in the care of doctors, nurses, and specialists, hugged hello and goodbye, and then been picked up perfectly well, sometimes in even better condition, hundreds of times. If nothing else, the hospital had prepared me well for school. Guardian Angels was a small Catholic elementary school run by an order of monks and an order of nuns. Girls attended until grade seven. Boys stayed only until grade four, then headed to Iona, a combined middle grade and high school that catered to students from grades five to 12. One after the other, Michael, Gary, Paula, and Catherine had all managed just fine at Guardian Angels, which was at least some comfort for mom and dad. Mom was worried. I might have difficulties getting to the bathrooms, which were up a long flight of stairs from the grade one classrooms. She petitioned local politicians to provide funds to have a new bathroom block built on the lower level, to no avail. But I was quite capable of using the stairs at home, so there was no reason I couldn't use the stairs at school too. On my first day of school, I was dressed and ready to go half an hour before we had to leave and pestering mom to get me there as soon as possible. I'd wanted to take the bus to school like the other kids, but Mom wanted me to spend a few days getting used to the school itself before tackling the challenge of the bus. She drove me instead. I don't remember many details about that day. I remember being lost among a sea of small heads and matching green and blue and gray uniforms. I remember trees with trunks bursting through the asphalt, providing some shade from the sun. I remember older kids playing with tennis balls and skipping ropes. And I remember Mom... I remember her standing there watching me walk away, her face a mix of sadness and pride. It was a scary day for her. Her youngest child was heading off into the wild. She could no longer supervise me all day, every day. There was no knowing what might happen. One of my legs might break. I might fall over. I might be too slow getting from place to place. I might be teased. But I survived that first day unscathed and returned home happy and excited. On the second day, Mom walked me to the top of the long, steep steps down to the grade one classrooms. I'll be okay, Mom, I said, letting go of her hand. She looked nervous, but nodded. Two-thirds of the way down, another grade one boy came up the stairs, heading straight for me. He was walking right alongside the rail. If I wanted to get past, I'd either have to stop and wait for him to pass or grab the railing on the other side, but there was too much hustle and bustle to try to reach for the other side. I didn't know what to do, so I just kept walking, hoping the other boy would get out of my way. He didn't, and when we reached each other, we both stopped. I looked back for Mom, but could not see her among the wave of kids. Then I felt a small hand reach out and grab mine. It was the other boy. We walked down the rest of the stairs, hand in hand. Hi, I said. Hi, I'm David, he said. I'm Robert. David had dark hair and olive skin, and spoke in a quiet, clipped tones. Our classroom was at the bottom of the stairs and had long wooden racks outside where we left our school bags. David took my school bag from me, started shoving others out of the way, and put mine down. Then he took me into the classroom. David did exactly the same thing the next day. I had made my first friend at school. At the start of the second week, David went to get my bag. Leave it, David, I said. I can do it myself. Luckily, David was getting something out of the friendship, too. Mom was sending me to school with sandwiches and an apple. I wasn't always over keenly, uh, over keen, overly keen on eating the apples and kept giving them to David. It was only fair, I thought, given how much he helped me. Mom eventually found out. 
Rather than insist I eat my own apple, she started sending me to school with two apples. Now, Robert, she said, there's one for you and one for David, okay? I nodded. Do you understand? You can have both have an apple. Yes, Mom, I said. Two apples. I understand. I took the two apples to school. One day, when Mom came to pick me up, she saw David and asked if I had given him one of the apples. No, David replied with a wide smile. He gave me two apples. That first week of school, I did break my leg. I was going up the stairs to meet Mom when one of the metal shafts snapped. David helped me to the car. Dad phoned the people who had made my legs, and they said it could be repaired by anyone who had a spot welder. So Dad took the leg to the local service station to see if they could weld it together. He walked in and explained what he needed. Sorry, mate, the service station owner said. Too busy. It was the same story with the second. At the third service station, the owner took one look at my leg and listened to Dad's explanation. This is what I call an urgent job, he said. Then he welded my leg back together, good as new. After a few weeks, Mom let me start catching the bus to school with Paula and Catherine. The bus stop was about five minutes away. We had to walk up a small hill to the top of our street, around the corner, and then up another small hill. The first time, I only made it up our street and around the corner before stopping. I need a rest, I said. Why? Paula asked. My legs aren't used to it, I said. We haven't got far to go, she said. I just sat down on the side of the road. You've got one minute, Paula said. After a few more weeks, I adjusted to the journey and could do it more quickly and without having to rest. If other kids realized exactly how different from the from them I was when I started school, I didn't notice. Eventually, it became obvious when my classmates started asking me questions, the sort of questions mom and dad usually answered for me, and I didn't know what to say. It started to add up pretty quickly. My very first math lesson. Some kids didn't seem to care how I looked, but for every kid who didn't care, there were 10 who did. One gray Monday morning, a few weeks after school started, mom hurried me to get dressed for a hospital appointment. Mom, can you put my long pants on? No, mom said. I've got shorts here for you. Why would you want long pants on? I stayed silent. You don't really want to wear long pants, do you? She asked. Yes. Why? Some people look at me and say, that boy hasn't got any legs. He must have been in an accident, I said. You don't really care about that, do you? Mom asked. Yes, I do. People really aren't trying to be unkind when they say that. If you wear your shorts, they'll be able to see how clever you are and how well you can manage and all the things you can do that they can't do. I still didn't want to, but I wore shorts. Medical dramas made it even harder for me to blend in at school. In August 1978, the hospital did a scan that showed a half-inch wide pocket of infection around some of the bones in my forehead. Infections can eat away at the bone, so this was serious. It had the potential to undo all the good work the doctors had done. Dr. Atkinson told mom and dad he needed to operate to see what was going on. Both my parents were on edge, but especially dad. He now regretted letting me have the big operation because it seemed to him that afterward I was constantly ill. Before I had been ugly, but healthy. At home, mom received a bulky envelope from the school that she assumed was schoolwork I'd missed out on. Instead, there were letters from every grade one student, all reading, Dear Robert, we love you very much and we hope you will soon be better soon. The operation to investigate the infection was very short. After two hours, one of my doctors greeted mom and dad at the operating room door. 
He told them surgeons had cleaned out the infected area. They had removed a few small pieces of wire and silk that had failed to dissolve after my operation the previous February. I went home at the beginning of December, just in time to finish grade one. Spending months away from school didn't really hinder my education. I'd learned the lessons I was supposed to learn and done well enough at the start of the year to progress to grade two. After a year of being exposed to other kids, I knew most of them didn't have squashed noses or dents in the side of their head where their eyes used to be. Other kids had legs. You could tickle their feet. I started to realize that each of the kids I regularly saw in the hospital had something different about them. There was the kid in a wheelchair. There was the kid with a strange lump on his neck, but I also started to see them at school too. There was the kid with a hair lip. There was the one with flaming red hair and pale white skin. There was the girl who was already taller than all of the boys in the class. There was this one really skinny kid and all the fat ones. Each one had something different about them. I just had different differences.